It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zantz, joined with my co-host, Steven Russo. Jets finally lost the game after going on a nice hot streak. It felt like we were on top of the world, four in a row. But, Steven, it just feels like that team owns us. How are you feeling, bud? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I, uh, I feel fine, uh, although you can't tell by my voice. I don't know what just happened tonight. It's kind of uh, feels like I'm losing a little bit, but no, I'm okay. I'm, uh, you know, Sunday, I think probably like most Jets fans, I was, I was down in the dumps. I was frustrated. Um, Obviously felt like we let one slip away. I think anybody with a pair of eyes uh, could see that. And you know that that game means a lot more um, because it's New England. And we put a lot of, uh, of weight and on that and, and effort into it. Um, you know, it was a big deal considering kind of how that game in New England played out last year. So you can't, you can't convince me that it didn't mean more. Uh, so for the Jets to lose uh, in the fashion that they did, you know, that one hurt uh, obviously a little bit more. but. Now that I've had a couple of days to cool down, I've rewatched the game. I don't think it was as bad as I really originally thought. I uh, had a therapy session, you know, with Joe and Connor. I'm sure like most of our listeners did as well, which, uh, you know, cooled it down a little bit as, as well. But the, the biggest thing is, listen, and, and I know a lot of people have made this point. The Jets are five and three. It's November 1st. We got to be happy with that. Could be six and two. We tasted it. We knew what it was like, man. If that if that Michael Carter uh, pick stood, six and two was right there for us. But at the end of the day, they're five and three, and there's still a path here for this team to get to nine or ten wins and, and, and maybe get a wild card and kind of make some noise uh, come January, February. So uh, we got to be happy about that, regardless of how uh, how Sunday played out. But how you feeling, man? Uh, mixed emotions. I mean, obviously frustration because I'm tired of losing the Patriots. I feel like every Jets fan is it's not like anything new here. Um, but I. I'm a little frustrated with the quarterback. I'm not going to lie. I've, you know, I've had numerous text chains with, you know, family members, friends talking about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. And I, I, I know like last week I was telling everyone to calm down. And I, I still, I still think that that's, you know, definitely the approach that we should have. Like you said, we're still five and three would have signed up for it in a second. If you told me before the season that that's where we'd be on November 1st, 2022. But I just want everyone to realize that it's like, you know, stop blaming the penalty on John Franklin Myers is the reason that Jeff lost this game. There's a number of reasons why they lost the game. And I'm just tired of everyone saying that it was a clear penalty. Like you could say what you want about the officials and they were horrible in this game overall, but like by rule, that play was a penalty. Like just if I, I get some people at the game and it's harder to see it, you know, from a far angle, but on the TV, it was like, that's, that was correct. Like I never was like, I was just like obviously deflated and just pissed, but like it was the right, it was the right call, unfortunately. But like the one with Mac Jones when he scrambled did not give himself up and they they flagged Mosley for for a 15-yard penalty. That one was bullshit. I get it. But like at the end of the day, the defense played well enough to win. They did. I mean, outside of the drive, you know, going um coming out of halftime, the defense is money. They held them to field goals despite the fact that the quarterback handed the, the other team the ball three times. And I want to like give Zach a little bit of credit before I, I do rip him because he deserves a little bit of ripping here is 
I thought he was actually having a good first half. And then obviously he had that pick right before halftime that kind of really unraveled him. And after that, he just really wasn't the same quarterback. I thought he looked calm. I thought he looked like he was, you know, going through his reads. Obviously there was a couple throws he missed specifically on the first drive when he like missed, I think it was, uh, it was Michael Carter on like an easy flat. It's just like, how do you miss that? It was like easy, but like he had that beautiful pass to Garrett Wilson. It's probably one of the best throw we've seen him make since um, the Corey Davis play against the Titans last year. It was kind of like reminiscent of that, but it wasn't a touchdown. But like I said, those, these interceptions are inexcusable. It's one thing to throw interceptions because, you know, a ball is tipped. A ball is, you know, the receiver hits his hands, then it goes into the defender's hands, you know, tight window and look, guy makes good play on the ball. We handed them the ball three times, like clear as day. And he's got to throw a ball away. Like I'm tired of him saying like after the game, I'm getting bored. I'm trying to make a play. Sometimes boring is okay. Salah said that like all off season, you know, leading up to the season that he needs to play a little bit more boring. Salah's right. Like, dude, throw the ball away. Like the thing I, everyone's like pointing to the McCourty thing that he was out of bounds. It was a terrible throw. He probably was out of bounds. But they reviewed it, and they held it. It was probably the wrong call, but it doesn't matter. It was still an egregious throw anyway. And then the other one, when literally it was the third one late in the game when probably everyone left the game, that was one of the worst throws I've ever seen a Jets quarterback make. Like, everyone's saying he's not Sam Darnold. I'm like, Sam Darnold was doing the same stuff, if not Zach's worse. So, at the end of the day, you know, they had no running game, and I know a lot of people were criticizing Michael Floor. I think – he was a little bit nervous to trust a guy like James Robinson who'd been there for five days, you know, and Michael Carter is not suited to be an every down back. He did abandon the run a little bit, but at the end of the day, they have to adjust. Zach Wilson has to figure out a way to lift this team. They can't throw for 120 every single week and just lean on the run game. I, I know I said a lot, but uh, I'm curious your thoughts on some of my takes. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, let's start with the penalty. Um, Cause I somewhat disagree with you there. I, I think both things are true. A, I have a problem with the rule itself. I think everybody, yeah, every, every, every football fan does. Uh, but B, I don't think it was clear as day a penalty. I've seen calls go both ways. It's a subjective play. And to have a subjective call like that go against us when we saw the same hit, and I don't know who tweeted it out, but it was a side-by-side of Matthew Judon hitting Zach Wilson last year. That wasn't a flag. So it injured him the, actually. Yes. So the subjective call that goes against us to negate a pick six, which there's no way if the Jets go up 17 3 there, there's no way they're losing that game. And six and two is right there. So I think all things are true. I have a problem with the rule. I, I'm not 100% certain that that's a penalty. I think in that spot, they called it. I don't necessarily agree with it. At the same time, I fault JFM for even putting himself and the team in that exactly. position to even do it because you know how it can be called. And I wonder if them being amped up overall to kind of seek revenge on the Patriots and what they did from last year contributed at all to that play um, and to that hit. I think overall, you're spot on. I think the refs were a joke on Sunday. I think it was clear as day, uh, offensive pass interference on the touchdown on the right side to, uh, you know, to, to block Sauce Gardner prior to the pass. I think Jason McCourty, Devin McCourty, which, which brother Devin, is Devin? Jason's on the morning <laughs> Jason, football. There you go. I think Devin McCourty was out of bounds. It was a terrible throw, Zach. It, it wasn't a bad decision. He made the decision to throw it out of bounds. It just was a terrible throw. You got to get it there. Put in the cheap seats. Don't even worry about it. I think he was out of bounds there. I think there were other questionable calls. I just think the refs overall, it never goes our way, especially against New England, but that's neither here nor there. But it's Let's funny. Un- 
Went really quickly about the calls. The funniest thing is, and this was pointed out to me, is that every time the Jets had those terrible calls, they called the holding call on New England to play after. True. So you, they know that You're they right. messed up. They know yeah. that they did that. Yep. And it's just like, don't call it. Like, it's just. <laughs> but listen, the, the refs always have it against the Jets. I feel like it's been like that my entire life as a fan. Just think about Austin Sperry and Jenkins, that whole thing with Curve, how mm-hmm. literally that was the worst call ever. And the Jets literally should have won that game if that didn't happen. Yep. And New England always gets the benefit of the doubt because it's Bill Belichick. And it's it's honestly horseshit because Tom Brady's not back there. And he got every call in the book. And he still does to this day, even on Tampa. But like, it's frustrating. And you can't beat the refs. You can only beat the other team. And you, it's, it's yep. I feel like the Jets are always playing against two teams, which is completely unfair. But... That's the NFL. We're not the only team in the league that gets hosed. Plenty of the teams do, especially the teams that are historically a joke and don't have respect around the league. But, like, just be a better team. Like, don't don't even, like, allow it to get to that point because defensively they had six sacks, which is, like, I feel like it was the biggest waste of six sacks I've ever seen from a defense <laughs> because literally they, they had their way against the Patriots offensive line with the backup center. Um, they should have had, obviously, had two interceptions, not one. But, like, they held back in check. He couldn't really punch the ball in the end zone outside that first drive coming out of the half. So, yeah, it's just frustrating overall. And I, I, I get, you know, why people are panicking on Zach. I mean, like, I'm, I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and defend him. I mean, like, I, I feel like some people think I'm like a Zach apologist. I would say that I'm not. I, I feel like I've said this before on the show, but I'll say it again in case people, you know, want to tell me that I'm a Zach apologist. I wanted them to take Justin Fields. I did. And, it, and it's not like, I had anything against Zach. It's just like, I saw Justin Fields a lot. I knew we didn't have a chance to Trevor Lawrence. I felt like Zach could have been like this one hit wonder playing. It's no poor competition, but it seemed like the Jets had had their set sights on him. So I'm going to root for the guy. I root for the laundry. It doesn't matter. But like at the end of the day, I want him to succeed. But like, if you had to just give me truth serum right now, if I think he's the guy or not, I'm going to say no right now. And I need to see more and he could easily prove me wrong. And I hope he does. I'm not going to root against him. I'm going to root for him every single week. But, like, if I feel like he's starting to cost his team games consistently like he did against New England, I'm going to turn on him a little bit. It, it just seems like my leash is getting shorter and shorter with these quarterbacks. I felt like <laughs> Sanchez, I held on basically forever. I it was The butt fumble was really the beginning of the end for my uh, defense, defense of Sanchez. But then that Titans game on Monday Night Football, when he just, they had so many chances to win that game, and he just kept throwing it away or mm-hmm. fumbling. And that was when I was just like, he, he needs to go. Like, that was that was the point. Gino was hard for me because Gino went to my school while I was there. So it was like kind of a cool experience to see. And now look at him. And he's a prime example of like, don't throw the towel in, let people develop the maturity. Like it seems like Zach's immature, which makes sense. He's 23 years old. I was pretty immature at 23. I'm sure you were too. Mm-hmm. But, and then Sam, like just Sam got so hard to defend because it just felt like he would just do so many dumb things that it, I mean, listen, young quarterbacks do that all the time, but you know, the leash is getting shorter. It's like, I, this team is good enough to win. I want a quarterback who's going to be able to lead this team, not hold them back. And right now he's holding them back in my opinion. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard to disagree with you. I I don't think I'm fully there. I think um, to say that my opinion on Zach right now is anything less or anything more or less than an incomplete, I think is unfair. He's played, he started and finished 17 games. That's a full season. Um, 18 now. Well, I don't think he, because he started New England last year, but he didn't finish it. So it's, um, I don't think Sunday was as bad as I remember in the moment on on Sunday afternoon after the loss. I went back, I watched it again. There's really 
two bad throws and one bad decision, right? And those were the three picks that turned the game around. Other than that, though, he really wasn't that bad. I mean, he had a 8.7, you know, yards per completion. He was throwing the ball all over the field. He had a lot of nice throws. Yeah, he got to 355, which is great. I know that, you know, a lot of Jets Twitter is talking about that and how is this what we wanted, really? Would we rather take 355 in a loss as opposed to 120 in a win? Like, no, none of us would take that. But I do think that outside of those three horrible, horrible decisions, he was pretty good. And I do see the light at the end of the tunnel. So for me, I think, am I sold on him 100%? No. Am I, I don't out, think anybody on, is am I like, out on him 100%? No. I think this, the, the, the hill that he has to climb to prove that he's the guy, I got a little bit steeper on Sunday, but I can still see a path for him to do that. So I'm not totally out. I think it would be crazy for anybody to be totally out. I still think that he's the Jets' best option, more than Mike White, more than Joe Flacco. Um, I think that I guess the most encouraging thing is these mistakes that he's making are coachable and correctable, and we just have to see that progress, and that's how we're going to get to where we ultimately want to go. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The things are coachable. It's like he he shows the ability to make the big boy throws. I mean, the Garrett Wilson, like I said, is tremendous. It was probably one of the best throws he ever made in his career. But at the same time, it's like you still have to play like a smart quarterback. It's like you don't see Tom Brady like throwing those types of interceptions a lot of the time. And I, I feel like it's unfair to compare to that. But like, you know, competent, competent starting quarterbacks, you know, they, are, they find ways. And I just want him to win. And I, I don't care how it comes. Like I literally would like – I said this before. I said this to my dad. I think like either later that night or yesterday or something like that. If the Jets won three to nothing every single week the rest of the season and they went to this, they won the Super Bowl. I would not care. Not Literally, bit. you could throw away the aesthetics of good quarterback play. I just want to win games, and that's what everyone should care about. And it's like it doesn't matter if Zach is the reason they win or not, as long as he's protecting the ball, he's executing and doing the things he needs to do. That's fine. He's still a young quarterback. He's still learning on the job. Like you said, 18 starts in. That's literally a season and one start. It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think the one thing that I like is he's able to do the things that we need him to do, but he needs to do it consistently. That's mm-hmm. the issue. So I just think, you know, at the end of the day, let it go. Just move on to the next game. It's obviously going to be tough this week. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But, like, don't don't throw the towel on him, but also, like, at the same time, he has to be better. And that, that's all yeah. I could say. And people who were like, I, hated, hated his body language and his, his kind of like nip, uh, he was a little bit uh, sniffy, sniffy after the game. I couldn't see the fire. I don't want to be the softy. He's just like, you know, I was bad, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like he, I liked I, it as well. I had this, I, I had this uh, like conversation with my cousin. The people were probably going to be like, well, it's not really a fair comparison, but like it kind of is. So think about it in this perspective. He had, he had a bad day in the office. He had a bad day of work. We all have them. You know, anyone who's listening to the show who's, you know, like a working person, I'm sure there's people who are you know, maybe, st- maybe still in school and not working. But I-, I like it to this. We all have bad days of work. And imagine after a bad day of work, you have all these people ask you questions about why you were so bad at your job today. <laughs> That's not an easy thing to do. Like, I get it. It's part of the territory of being a quarterback in the NFL and being a professional athlete. But just make it, like, easy. He's still a kid. He doesn't have to, like... That was like the hardest thing he really had to deal with because the team was terrible last year. But now that they're good, he's not getting a pass anymore. So it's like, just think about it in that perspective. Like, it's not easy. But yes, he has to deal with it because that's mm-hmm. what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think a couple of things that we saw that the mobility escapability is, it was, it was highlighted on Sunday. 
I think the mobility we'd like to see more where he moves to actually move the chains and get first downs and get yards. The escapability is the same kind of stuff that we've seen all season, which is great when you use it like you did in the Denver game to escape the rush and throw it away, as opposed to escape it, buy more time, buy more time, fade back, fade back, fade back, throw it up for grabs, get picked. So the escapability to avoid sacks is something that needs to continue. But when he extends plays like that, there's rarely a time where it ends up working out in the Jets' favor. The times that we have seen where he's made kind of those wild throws, you alluded to him, right, is the, the Garrett Wilson throw, the Corey Davis throw from last year, stuff like that, uh, even the Corey Davis throw in Green Bay. That's more movement. That's, you know, rollout. That's not like him dodging retreating, you know, all this stuff, extending a play for 20 seconds. That's like, you know, just more of a rollout, him kind of seeing the openness and hitting a throw on a run. Um, so I'd like, you know, you, you can't fault him because that's part of what makes him uh, a desirable quarterback is the fact that he has this kind of mobility and escapability within the pocket. Um, I do think he has kind of more of a tendency to do that when he doesn't have to. Yes. Uh, highlighted by, you know, uh, I think first trip to the red zone could have stepped up in the pocket to make a throw. He didn't late in the game, the fourth and five throw to Tyler Conklin got wide open spaces in front of him. And he chooses to make that throw instead of running for probably what 15, 20, maybe all the way to the goal line. Um, so, but again, like you said, Steven, he's 23, man. It's his, this was his 18th game that he started. Like let's just pump the brakes a little bit. They're four and one with him as a starter this year. They're five and three at the almost halfway point. Like, let's just appreciate this for what it is. Let's see if we can play a competitive game against Buffalo and then go back to New England and take that one. Yeah. You highlight something I wanted to talk about, and it's going to build off to the second point because it's about, like, Michael Floor. I feel like everyone's ready to fire the guy because they abandoned the run. Like, calm down. He's easily the best offensive player this team has had in forever. Like, Chan Gailey was good, obviously, in 2015, but then it was kind of – Yeah, one year. There was obviously inconsistency with Schottenheimer. I had my gripes with him. I felt like if I if I, if Twitter was around during that era, oh my God, Schottenheimer would have been like the most hated man in, in Jets Twitter history. Yeah. Um, Go back but, to Charlie Weiss. Charlie <laughs> Weiss is the last good offensive coordinator to the Jets. It's a long time. What I wanted to say was is like you said about Zach, like knowing that he needs to take off. I still want them to design runs for him. I, I've heard the arguments from people. He's too small. He can't absorb, like take those hits. Well, he needs to bulk up a little bit. He's an NFL quarterback. Like I see Patrick Mahomes do it. I don't think Patrick Mahomes is like that much bigger than Zach Wilson. Like maybe he weighs a little bit more. He's six, two as well. I mean, I get it. He's not Josh Allen. who's like six, five, two forty in a unit, but like Lamar is not super. I mean, he got a little bit bigger this year, but he's not super like jacked. Like, He's a good athlete, but like they need to start designing runs for him because they can't rely on him to throw the ball 41 times a game. It's just not a sustainable way for him to win until he proves it can be. And it's not for right now. So you have to make his life easier. You also have to coach him to not play scared and run. Like mm-hmm. he did it a couple of times against Denver and it was good. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt like he did what he needed to do and his escapability is an asset to him. It's like really the only saving grace he has right now, you know, but in terms of the way he's playing and helping this team win. So that was the first thing. And the second thing is, you know, I think ties into obviously the fact that, you know, the deadline has passed is that about Elijah Moore. I do not understand why, and I have my theories, and clearly the theory was proven wrong as he's still on the team after the deadline today. Why is he only playing 10 snaps a game? Like, is it stubbornness because of what he did, which, you know, I voiced my concerns and how pissed I was and that he needed to grow up and everything like that? Or is it just like, you know, they 
don't want to play him on the outside and they want, you know, I guess Denzel Mims because they want like the six, four body. Cause Corey's hurt. It, it does either. Either of those excuses to me is just lunacy. Like if, if you don't want to play him on the outside, get, let him play instead of Barrios in the slot. It's very simple. And if you really want Barrios to play the slot, let him play on the outside and then rotate him with Mims and rotate everybody in and out. It makes no sense to me. And my theory was that maybe they didn't want him to get hurt because they were going to trade him. It was the only thing that made sense. And of course, because you don't play him, he gets one target. He plays 10 snaps the entire game. You have to hear, you know, his quote after the game when they're like, well, what do you would say your chemistry is with Zach Wilson? It's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get the ball. And granted, I will say the quote actually looks worse than when you actually see the video clip of him saying because he's kind of like laughing. He's just like, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. But even so, we don't need to have these questions being asked him after games. I get it. They lost. And he's frustrated. And like, I, you know, I'm not, you know, happy with him. But he's here. He's here until next year at this point. So play him. It just, it, the stubbornness is what bothers me. And I feel like it's like coaches do this crap. And it's so frustrating. It's like, he's your second best receiver right now that's healthy. And even when Corey's playing, he's still your second best receiver. But like, I'm just saying, you know, just to keep things honest. He's the second best receiver on the team. He should be getting the ball. They should manufacture touches to him. They do the end arounds they do with Barrios, you know, doing those quick slant screens. I don't care. He's electric when the ball's in his hands. He can make things happen. You know, my opinions about him aside about how he handled this whole thing about not getting the ball or whatever. Now that he's here, I'm, I'm going to move past it. Hopefully they can reconcile everything. But, like, give him the ball. It makes no sense. I, I just was frustrated about that because I think that that could have helped Zach a little bit on Sunday, and they were just stubborn, it seems like. Yeah, I think uh, obviously anything we say right now is, is just speculation. I think <clears throat> um, Salah's comments about just wanting to get Garrett Wilson the ball didn't really make sense. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. After the game, but it's, you know, Joe Douglas comes out and says today, you know, at 4.30 or whenever his press conference was that, uh, no, we always wanted Elijah to be here. There was no chance we're going to trade him, you know, blah, 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 blah. I think that's just code for we didn't get an offer that wowed us that would make us jump on it. So that's easy to say, you know, after the deadline. Um, so I would argue that the what you said is probably the most likely reason was that they didn't want him to get hurt before a potential trade. But you're right. Now that he's here, he's the second best option as a receiver behind Garrett Wilson. So find ways to get him the ball because he can do any of those things that either Garrett Wilson or Braxton Berrios can do when you talk about the uh, the pop passes or the you know uh, end arounds or jet sweeps or anything like that. Like Elijah Moore is fully capable. So involve him in the offense because it's better for Zach. It's better for the Jets offense. It's better for everybody involved. So 
the the fact that now we know that Mims and Moore are going to be here for the remainder of the season. Hopefully we get Corey Davis back. You know what you're starting to see, really, what you have in Conklin. Uzama playing well as well. Uh, Garrett Wilson is just a, a absolute stud. stud. Like, you're and starting he, to see – so They left meat on the bone because of Zach. Like, oh, 100%. 100%. He could have had more. He, he, could, have, he could have had 150 easily. So, knowing that you have that moving forward, that should just make this offense that much more explosive. So, if Zach can – start to figure this out a little bit and put the ball in, in good spots here and not make the bonehead plays. You see what the potential of this offense is. So if I were to go back to your original point that you made too, and the little frustration with the floor about not getting things going, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, you know, I, I think the best throws and I, I apologize for my voice. I know it must sound awful right now. <laughs> <Not really. clears throat> Um, the, some of the best throws that Zach made, especially on Sunday, were those quick hitters after a read option. The fake handoff, steps back, makes the throw across the middle to Garrett Wilson. So why not add another dimension to that and just an additional threat to the defense of getting Zach to take a couple of carries here and there? Um, it just feels like it would just add another wrinkle to the offense that the defense would have to fear. And I would absolutely be um, on board with seeing Zach getting more, you know, more uh, rushing yards, more rushing opportunities. For sure. And it's also a way for him to score touchdowns. He had a nice touchdown run against his offense and, you know, they haven't even used that as an option since. And it's just frustrating because it is a strength of his that they need to take advantage of. Like he drafted him because of his ability to do things outside the pocket. Mm -hmm. Part of being outside the pocket is just take tucking and running or, you know, a design, you know, read option where he takes it. So we'll see. I, I think that the playbook's going to change a little bit. I think they'll be more comfortable giving Robinson, you know, 15 to 17 carries this week and having Carter mix in as well, especially on receiving downs. But at the end of the day, I like Mike LaFleur. I think anyone who's saying he stinks, he needs to be fired. Joe Medingo, that's you. I heard you say that on the fan and on your podcast, <laughs> you know, absurd. Like yeah. he actually is creative. They can move the ball. It's it, it's insane. Like you could obviously everyone's like, oh yeah, Zach. Like you know, he threw for three fifty. It was in garbage time. Still threw for three fifty. You know, we used to have quarterbacks who sucked and couldn't even clear two hundred. I'm talking about you, Sam Darnold. So it's like, at the end of the day, he's a good offensive mind. I think mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing, and it's it's going to get better. I I do think so. I don't know how much better, but I do think he's going to protect the ball. I think he's going to play a little bit more in between what he did, you know, the previous few games and obviously against new England. I think he knows that he needs to be better. He knows he can't cost his team games because his, the rest of the team at his back outside the special teams unit, because yeah. that, and I'll give them a pass because other than week one, they were money for every other game after that. Mm-hmm. So it was frustrating, but like, you know, they're not going to be perfect every week and you'll, you'll take everything you saw before. And then obviously there's one bad game. I'm glad that you touch on the special teams too, because if you think about it, top line, you know, week one, the Jets lose by 15, uh, week three to Cincinnati, they lose by 15 and the games look ugly, looked ugly, um, kind of top to bottom. You know, this game, they lost by five. The special teams did not show up. Zerline misses a field goal. Another blown call, by the way, they should have called him running into the kicker there, but Hey, neither here nor there. Um, Braden man shanks two punts. They give up a punt return that brings uh, that the Patriots bring back to the Jets 25. Um, the Jets missed opportunities left and right. There was late in the game. Uh, Patriots get the ball like across midfield. Jets get a sack on first down, cause a fumble, don't fall on it. CJ Mosley drops a pick, right? All these missed opportunities, bad special teams play, Zach throwing three picks, like all this. 
and they still lost by five. Not to mention that the Jets are also driving early in the fourth quarter on the fourth and five that we spoke to where he misses Conklin but could have run. Imagine what happens if the Jets score there and if 22-17 in that spot with eight, eight and a half minutes left in the fourth to go as opposed to, you know, scoring when they did with only three minutes and having to get an onside kick. So all these things, right, and we're bashing them. We're saying that the sky is falling and that Zach is awful and and all this stuff. It's like they lost the game by five points and they're five and three. And this loss, in all reality, was the best loss that we've had so far this season. So everything went against them, the refs, special teams, bad bounces, all that stuff. And they only lost by five to New England. And, Bill, let's not – let's please don't forget – Bill Belichick does this stuff to young QBs. That's he, but not, and yes, but to everybody, to young QBs, this is what he does. This is his MO. So like, we have to just remember that and let's see how this team bounces back, how they move forward and we'll go from there. Yeah. And how badly, like, let's also, sorry. Let's also not forget you're missing AVT, Brees Hall and Corey Davis. And this was the first game without all three of them. So, yeah, I mean, Corey is, was a security blanket for Zach. I, I think if he was active on Sunday, things could have been different. Of course, same can be said about the other two guys, but we already know how amazing those two guys are. But Corey's somebody that not only is he a security blanket for Zach in the past game, he's tremendous in the run game. And I think that could have allowed some more holes for Robinson and Carter and even Ty Johnson mm-hmm. to really, you know, hate a little bit. So, listen, if you, we're not, you're not going to win every game. And I, I think, you know, winning four straight had this, this fan base expecting you're going to win every game. You're not. Yeah. We're not the Bills. We're not the Eagles. We're not there yet. And we have a long way to go to get to that kind of point where you're, you know, you have, you're undefeated or you have one loss at this point in the season. So I, I think when you look at the schedule, like before last week, you would have sat there and said, okay, the Jets are, the Jets should be able to beat any team outside of Buffalo. I don't think anybody actually thought we were going 13 and four. No one thought we were going 15 and two. We knew we were going to drop a few along the way that we probably shouldn't. So they're going to feel like they're going to do it again. They're going to do, they're going to lose. Like I I said this in the slack and I still stand by it. They're playing the bears and the lions. They're losing one of those games just because that's I'm, they're going to lose one of those games. and Then they're going to win when they're not supposed to. That's what's going to end up happening. They'll probably lose to Detroit and beat Minnesota. Yeah. Like I would not be surprised <laughs> because that's listen. That's the NFL. Think about the yeah. Browns last night. The Browns literally destroyed the Bengals. I, I know, know Chase wasn't playing, but they still have a lot of players beside him. And Joe Burrow looked terrible last night. So my point is, is it's a week to week league. You know, you never know what you're going to get. Obviously, the Jets. They need. I, I think they need a little bit of humble pie because at, at the end of the day, you're not going to win every game. And now they're after playing the most important game of their season. They're playing the next most important game of their season because it's the best team they're going to play all year. And it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how they stack up. So I think we should transition to that because, you know, it's, this was the game that, you know, when you look at the schedule, when it comes out in April, you know, they play them twice. You're like, talk those both up as L's just because you, you, you know, Josh Allen's like right now, he's probably the front runner to win MVP. Um, I don't think that that's crazy to say anymore as much as mm-hmm. I used to not think he was any good, but he has certainly shut me up and, you know, good for him. He's, he's, he's kind of fun to watch. I mean, I don't, I actually don't dislike him the way I dislike Brady. I, I, I think it's, he kind of gives me hope that Zach Wilson could be better. <laughs> yeah. And no, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson's going to have his type of leap. I don't think that that's a realistic thing. So don't please get, don't get that misconstrued with what I'm trying to say is, is what 
Um, my point is, is that you, he was making a lot of stupid mistakes. He was inaccurate. He was doing a lot of things, especially in that playoff game against the Texans where he like fumbled or whatever he tried to do. And he figured it out. I, I think if Zach figures it out, he could be a fine quarterback. But let's talk about this game because they're right now a 13 and a half point dog, which to me, like as good as Buffalo is, it's crazy. And I get it. They probably should be like a 10 point dog because Buffalo is probably the best team in the league. I think they're better than the Eagles. But they're at home. The Jets are five and three. It's like, damn, like either Vegas just, you know, thinks that Buffalo is going to win handily, which is clearly what they're thinking, or uh, maybe the Jets get surprised some people. And I think the one reason why I think the game should be closer than what that spread indicates is the Jets defense, specifically the secondary, I think can get can hold their own. I, I think sauce against Stefan Diggs is going to be really fun. I'm excited to watch it. You know, I feel like it's just as good as it gets. You're going to see, you know, a superstar rookie cornerback against a superstar veteran wide receiver. He's done a good job against some of those guys that he's played this year. Pretty much every single guy he's gone up against who was a star, he shut down. Specifically, Jamar Chase is who I'm thinking about because Jamar, to me, and this is my opinion, it's not a fact or anything, I think Jamar is the best receiver in the NFL. I, I think – the things he can do, I mean, I guess him or Justin Jefferson, but I I think he's going to show people that he's on that level, if not better, you know, in a few years, maybe next year. But he's insane. Like, and Sauce did a great job against him, and he's done a good job against Mark Andrews, he's done a good job against, um, you know, Tyreek and Waddle when he was matched up to get against those guys, and those guys are killing it against everybody else. So I think that should be a reason to give you some hope that this game shouldn't be, you know, a two touchdown loss. Like Vegas is essentially predicting it will be, but um, I think the Jets can also run the ball against them. I I saw Aaron Jones gash them on Sunday. So that's obviously something they need to figure out. But at the end of the day, do not let Josh Allen beat you with his legs. He's probably going to beat you with his arm. You expect that, but try to keep him outside the, I mean, try to keep him inside the pocket And, you know, I just don't want to see him running all over the place. What do you think? What's like, what's something that can give you hope that they can actually upset this team? I think you said it, excuse me. I think you said it uh, just now, as I think you saw what the Packers did running the ball against the bills in Buffalo for over 200 yards. So um, I think the jets having another week under their belt now with Michael Carter and James Robinson and Ty Johnson as kind of the trio there. Uh, getting the offensive line used to playing without AVT. I think that obviously bodes well. You should see some improvement there, but the fact that the the Jets should be able to run the ball um, at least more and better than they did against New England, you know, gives hope. And that takes the pressure off of Zach Wilson. So when you talk to one thing that, and, and, and you know, the Bills, uh, I think Poyer's injured too. So they're dealing with injuries. Um, Trey White's you know, back, which is Big, yeah, big yeah. Addition. That is, that's a, that's a very big addition, but um, so the other thing, you know, or the, the thing that does give you hope is that, uh, you know, the Bills defense can be run on. So it, that takes the pressure off of Zach Wilson. That makes it um, a little more encouraging. The other thing, you know, really, I just, I have confidence in this defense. Um, I, I really I do. They've, they've looked good so far this year. And, you know, maybe, um, you know, they held Lamar Jackson somewhat in check. Uh, you know, maybe that wasn't just a week one fluke. Maybe that's uh, kind of the real deal. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, Josh Allen is scary good. The Bills' offense is scary good. They can beat you. They can beat you in so many ways. So it, it, it really is scary. But um, containing him 
and, and hopefully maybe forcing him into a bad decision or two that kind of flips the field. And I think the Jets are going to He's prone need, to them. As good as he, he is, he's prone to make yeah. some bad throws sometimes. He, he can. So I think the Jets are going to need uh, something or some things uh, to kind of go their way. Maybe a, you know, a fortunate bounce or, or a pick six on a tip ball or who knows, even a punt return or a block kick or something like that. Um, I think they'll need something to uh, kind of put them over the edge. But I do think um, that this game is going to be closer than the 13 point spread. I think the Jets, uh, I think their defense is good enough to keep it, um, you know, within double digits. That's, I mean, listen, if if they lose by a touchdown, nobody should be upset. This is the best team in the league, the, you know, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, it shows that there is progress that's been made. And that was one of the biggest things that Salah had said in the offseason. We need to catch up to our divisional opponents. And they beat Miami. They they lost to New England, but you know I felt like that game they had they had a chance. It wasn't like they were embarrassed like they were last year, fifty four thirteen. And this is the toughest of the bunch, so I think you'll see you'll learn a lot about what this team is. And I think the good thing about it is even after this game, no, no matter what the outcome is, you're still over five hundred going into the bye week, which is like insane to think about. It was something that we never would have expected, even if you were the most optimistic fan outside of our boy. Uh, Dalvin Osorio. And I know you said nine and eight, but I felt like you probably thought maybe they'd be like four and five at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but for me, like let Dawson Knox beat you. Let Devin Singletary beat you. Don't let Diggs. I mean, like let those guys do it. You like, you expect them, but like, if you keep them in check on the outside, like that's what you want. Like I, I want to see them try to go into the middle instead of on the outside. So um, I mean, we could do game picks, but um I I mean we I feel like this will be the first time we're picking them to lose because I don't think they're gonna win. I'm I I can't I explained how I think they could or they could at least you know make it a game, but they're a wagon man. I I feel like they'll maybe lose one or two more games the rest of the year, and I don't think it's gonna be the Jets. So I think the Jets fight. I think they show that they're you know a lot closer to Buffalo's level than what Vegas indicates. I think the Jets will lose. I could see it like 31-20. I think they'll lose by like 11. It means they still cover, but I think Buffalo's going to score a lot of points. I don't think the Jets are going to score enough points just based on what we saw last week. Um, but I, I think Zach Wilson's going to play a lot better. I think people will get off his back. That's, that, that's I think, uh, an encouraging takeaway to go into the buy, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm actually uh, – I'm really close to you. So I'm going to say that uh, Jets keep it close into the fourth quarter. Um, I think they established a run a little bit. I think you see James Robinson get going. I think the defense honestly, uh, honestly holds up and they get after Josh Allen a little bit um, and, and at least uh, contain him. I mean, he's going to escape. He's going to get his runs. He's going to look to punish people when he does. Uh, there's no question that's who he is. And it's hard when he does get out of the pocket to stay with those guys like Gabe Davis and, and Stefan Diggs. I mean, that's what they're good at. That's where they eat. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Jets, uh, they keep it close. I think it's close going into the fourth. And I think the the uh, Bills pull away late. Uh, I'm going to say very close to you, but I'm going to say 30 to 21 Bills uh, will be the final. But it's something that uh, you can at least feel somewhat good about going into the bye. And then honestly, man, my sights are set on that uh, that New England game. I think the Jets oh are good. I, I, there's, New England's just, they're, they're not a better team than we are. They're and, not. Uh, they're, no, <laughs> they're really not. No so. Patriot fan, real, like. <clears throat> Maybe some homers, but no realistic Patriot yeah. fan will sit here and tell you that when they watch those two teams play, that the Patriots had the better team. Yeah. They have the better coach. That was the only thing. And the Jets beat themselves because the quarterback handed them points. The, yep. the Patriots weren't doing anything on offense other than, no. like, I guess Stevenson had some a couple nice runs. And like, 
We didn't even talk about that, but I that that one run at the start of the second half where Whitehead and Joiner both missed tackles that were just so horrendous. But either way, um, I ultimately think the Jets dropped this one. I mean, it'd be fantastic if they came out with a miracle, but I think there's still a way where the, I, I, a very likely scenario where they come out of the bye ready to go and get themselves to six and four and position this team for uh, a, a decent playoff run. In the hunt, November. We've been asking That's it, man. For it. That's all we've asked for. <laughs> we're still, we're, uh, we're, we're still the five seed right now, so we didn't drop in playoff positioning. We're still the five Listen, seed. It's it's looking like we'll we'll get that. I hopefully <laughs> so. Um, but the one thing I actually wanted to point out, even though I already picked the the Bills to win, is for some reason, like last year, the last week of the season, they played them pretty tough, and that team was decimated by injuries. Like you know, we were throwing a t- t- Tarek Black and, you know, Keelan Cole was the only guy yes. on that team of substance in the receiving court. And um, in 2020, the first game, it was close in the first half and then Buffalo kind of pulled away. I think they lost by 10. Mm-hmm. And then they lost by like a touchdown, the one in, in MetLife when there was obviously no fans. And Buffalo was like playing terrible. So division games are always weird in that sense, but I, I still don't think the Jets are going to win. So I'm not going to like, so you want to, but Yeah, there's a scenario where just weird, funny things happen. A bounce or two goes the Jets' way, and they pull this off miraculously. It could just be one of those things. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm in agreement with you though. I think that Buffalo and Philadelphia are on a collision course for the Super Bowl. I mean, that's what it seems like right now. But at the same time, it's it's week nine, so a lot of things can happen. Agreed, and I would say you know it's just every team has a bad week. I remember the the Bills lost to the Jaguars last year. It's like. Things, things, weird, weird stuff happens. Like I, I had the Raiders in two parlays this past week and they, I, I thought they were like a lock. The Saints looked like a sorry team. The Saints literally shut yeah. them out 24, nothing. They didn't even cross to the 50 yard line until like midway to the fourth quarter with their backup quarterback. So weird things happen. It's such an unpredictable league, but Bills are probably going to win this game. So I'm not going to try to sell anyone on it. <laughs> so if, if, if I'm saying don't bet the Jets money line, if, if you want to take, take the points, but. Do proceed with caution is all I'm going to say. <laughs> Any uh, closing thoughts as we recap yet another fantastic episode? Uh, yeah. I mean, the Jets being five and three uh, and having a little four game winning streak in here, I think has made this show uh, a ton more fun. So, so much again, more fun. Yes. Just we, we even, you know, having to come on here and defend Zach and talk about a loss of the Patriots, but um, you know, we've seen uh, just more people listening, tuning into the show, uh, downloading our podcast. So again, thank you to all the listeners. Um, we, uh, we just really appreciate it. It's a ton of fun. I always say it's like a therapy session or you get to come on and celebrate with your Jets fan buddies. It's always just fun to, uh, to talk about it, whether it's a win or a loss. Um, it's still just good to get it out. So we appreciate you guys listening and, uh, it's, it's a great ride and we, we can't wait to, uh, continue to finish the season out and hopefully maybe we'll do a show about playoff Jets football. Who would have, who would have thunk when we started this? I keep saying it like, you know, we, we started uh, with TOJ uh, right around when Gase was. I know I did a write-up on Gase um, as a potential coaching hire, which just was painful for me to do. I was hoping for Matt Rule or Cliff Kingsbury at the time. So look at that. Oh, all um, those have worked out really well. <laughs> I know it, right? So it shows how much we know. It's uh, funny. But, I, I wanted Mike McCarthy. I know. It's just like funny to see. I'm, I'm it, not like – yeah, it's funny to see just how far we've come uh, and, and how, you know, many turns this has taken. But really, um, it's just a lot of fun to come on every week with you and talk Jets and know that uh, there are other people out there that enjoy listening to us. And we're just very appreciative of that. So I got to say it to them. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm not going to go through it, but like we always thank everybody every week because it's just really cool to have all these people who actually like listen to us, engage with us on Twitter, you know, write in the comments on the stuff that we write for the, the balance Patreon. So it, it's really fun. And like, it's, it's just passion. Like, you know, I, I love watching this team and I'm a big sports fan. So it's like, it's just cool to have this experience. Uh, but like Stephen said, thank you everybody who continues to listen, to watch. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. And, you know, it's, it's just fun. Um, but just a friendly reminder, if you are not subscribed, make sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Uh, just search Turn on the Jets Live. You'll see our logo. Uh, if you give us a review or, uh, you know, five stars, we'd appreciate that. It goes a long way for the show. Um, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Turn on the Jets TV for these live streams. Um, and last but certainly not least, make sure if you are not subscribed, you definitely should check out the Badlands Patreon. Best premium Jets content. I feel like I don't have to remind you guys again. Joe Connor do a great job. There's great writing. There's stuff from me. There's stuff from Steven, Dalvin, all the guys. You know, it's fun. And um, also, really quickly, I forgot, make sure to tune into the TOJ pod featuring Will Parkinson. And draft season, I've heard rumblings, is coming. I know we don't want to talk about drafting a quarterback, but they'll talk about the other things, specifically probably offensive line and linebacker, because I feel like those are the two areas of need if you are assuming that Zach is the guy next year. But um, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next week.